Hello and welcome to Spookbox, the only podcast where we use an Ethernet cable, so our Zoom calls <laughs> never drop. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the uh, 2000, 2020... Yeah. How do you say 20, 2020? The 2020 found footage horror film made by Rob Savage, the director behind uh, 2012 Romance Strings, uh, also directed by Jed Shepard and written by Gemma Hurley. Uh, the film is called Host, and uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, just a quick note about our sponsors. Today's podcast was sponsored <laughs> by Zoom, uh, but also Jeremy Bentham's concept of the Panopticon. Wow. Does that scan? Scans very well, but just everything to do with this film unsettles me. Like, I, I feel creeped out as we begin to talk about it. Sorry, you're dropping out there. I am not dropping out. What's that behind you? Yeah, no, <laughs> no thanks. We should also mention that um, we're without Daft this week because he decided to go camping. Yes. Um, so our, our podcast... Uh, uh, oh, I was going to say menage a trois. I'm not okay with that. We'll come up with a something else, yeah. The three musketeers of our podcast mm. are down to two. But much like, you know, a Zoom call, people drop in and out, so... Yeah. Is I that what we're going for I think with this? that's what we're going yeah. for. It, like, it was completely intentional. Like, just as my father used to say to me... <laughs> Like a Zoom call, people... Anyway, um, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Host, uh, which is nice. Nice modern horror film made by Shudder. Yeah, now, I know that it's it's just a hotter, a jump scare hotter, but okay. to me, like, I feel like that's going to be your take on it, but to me... It's so much more? It's so much more. Okay. I <clears throat> loved it, and I don't right. want to start thinking about whether... It's going to age badly or whatever. I just Literally think it one was, of my questions. Yeah, it was the perfect tonic for right now. Like tonic, mm. I don't know. It made me feel really bad about lockdown. And it made it, you feel bad about lockdown? Yeah, because, you know, whether or not we like to pretend that we're all together when we're on house party or on a Zoom, we are alone, which is right, shown Johnny. through the vulnerability the physical vulnerability they all have to the demon. So the old... Because they're not together. The old emo poetry book coming out again there, is it? Excuse me, I'm trying to do a wee bit of theory. <laughs> wee bit of theorizing, you know. <laughs> yes, you're together, but... Not really. Not if a demon decides to enter the Zoom call and kill you in your house. Excellent, excellent. Well, okay, that's... I think that's a very charitable reading of the film to give it that much depth i am gonna go ahead and say that i am not uh, against <laughs> the film's 100 percent rating on rotten tomatoes no sorry i'm gonna edit that and um, i am no fiercely against its 100 percent rating on rotten tomatoes no. that's ridiculous that's a better no. rating than so many things well first of all it's a better rating than chappie and Chappie is an incredible film no because for the me, shite rotten tomatoes score the 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 score, my personal scoring system is all about, did I look away from this film once? And you get 100% if I didn't look away once. And I didn't look away once during this film. I'm it not. captivated me the whole time. If I looked away, it was because... I'm not sure how I feel about I that rating so system. I was so overwhelmed. That's my rating system. Maybe it's because I 
recently have wondered if I have ADHD. So the highest <laughs> praise I can give something is that it held my attention for two hours. I didn't look away once. I did say it's my personal scoring system. I'm not yes. asking you to use it. I'm not. I'm not suggesting you use it. I'm simply saying if a film holds my attention. This year's Oscar for <laughs> I didn't check my phone once goes to. <laughs> I, you, you laugh, but I, I think we're getting to that point. Have I ever told you about that review of Bright that I read? Mm-mm. Do you know the Bright? You know the film Bright? Oh, you made me watch it. I was not a fan. I'm an orc cop. And yeah, no. Say, um, yeah, yeah um, no, just no. I really like Bright. Bright. I, I I like Bright in a weird way. I like Bright sort of for what it represents more than anything else. And I think what it represents is like the dream of Will Smith hasn't died. You know, we can still mm-hmm. have PG-13 action films that are about stupid things. But um, yeah, there was a review of that on Rotten Tomatoes. Because obviously the critic score of Bright on Rotten Tomatoes is awful. But the audience score is yeah. very, very high. And the, uh, one of the great reviews of that was from, um, you know, a, a housewife who said... Uh, Bright, it's the darkest film I've ever seen or no, something. Because no, no, no. that said, was my thought. I was said, like, how dare? It's I so don't dark. know what all the criticisms are about. I'm a busy person. Yeah. And I sat down to look <gasps> to watch this film. Yeah. And... I knew all the characters' names. Yeah. I knew what was happening yeah. and I didn't look at my phone once. That's, 10 out of 10. That's that's it. That's me. And maybe that's what Lindsay Ellis would call, you know, the average viewer. Lindsay she Ellis. Had, we need, we need sound like, effects on the show. Every time Lindsay Ellis yeah. gets mentioned, there needs to she be... She has like, like oh. names for them, like Joanne and Cletus. <laughs> yes. Maybe we are no. but Joanne and Cletus. Hasn't Lindsay stopped using Joanne and Cletus? I think she has, but, but I'm, I'm wanting to reclaim and repurpose Joanne and Cletus and to say, I'm a Joanne. Oh, sure. It was probably ContraPoints said Joanne and Cletus first and then Lindsay. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I basically think that you can say the, the Joanne and Cletus opinion is the lowest opinion but also maybe the truest but also maybe the truest so my i'm going to be having a lot of joanne opinions on who's our joanne and cletus what is the british scottish and irish joanne and cletus oh you want me to do scottish or british because those are two different things well not british yeah scottish would be like um maybe like Derek and katie (laughs) wait do they need to be like um, Mm, no, sorry. Mm. I think it might be like f- maybe like Keaton and um, Fergal and Roisin. Maybe I don't know. Mm, oh, I'm gonna need to think on this. Roisin. I don't really know many people. I don't even. <laughs> right. Anyway, today Let's we're talking about the host, and I've got a question about the host. Mm. My question is: Is this the first film that has succeeded in making technology scary? Yes. <laughs> I think so. I Thanks mean, for listening to the podcast. Nothing <laughs> else comes nothing else comes to mind. Like um, Yeah. I, no, mean, I mean well no, no. Obviously no. Technology for this paradigm scary? Yes. Why did our door just buzz? Our door just buzz. No way. Should I get it? It's a demon. Oh, you're going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, have yeah. to get it. Okay. Yeah, you and I have spoken about this before, this concept of, you know, how do you make technology scary? Because up until this point, when you have a horror film, like like with, with when we talked about One Caught of the Dead. Yeah. 
um, you know, you have a horror film, you have characters that have got mobile phones. The first thing you need to do is write into the script the reason why the mobile phone doesn't work. Why is there no signal? Why is there no, uh, you know, uh, minutes left on the phone or, or whatever? And also... No battery. What you need to do is make sure that it's not a prop clearly just bought from the Apple store like, <laughs> and has like the large set text and the like um, default what was, background. What was that in? What did we that see That was recently? from that movie that Trixie and Katia were watching. But anyway, we can go off topic really easily without daft. So let's just like make but sure. This is the joy of podcasting. I know, but we can go in so many tangents because I think you asked a really good question and I'm trying to remember Well, my that's my broader question. My broader question well, is, is this the first film that has succeeded in making technology, modern technology scary? The, the, well, as you so well What put, I want to say know, is our, like it, it, it requires for me that it's really in that kind of believability and specificity it's not just like oh that's clearly a prop yes so we can go on to talk about how it's used for the scares which i really want to but just the technology itself seemed to be being used in a very real way mm. everyone seemed very comfortable with it and it seemed like theirs like each character's device yes. seemed like their device if you see what i mean oh that's interesting so, so it's almost like an extension of aqua oh, well, so there was the girl who was using the filters a lot there was the one that had the preference for using her phone like each character's interaction with their specific device was different as opposed to a film that was like yeah they'll have phones in it now because it's 2020 but they've all got the same iphone and the same apps on the home screen do you That's know amazing. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. Just for anybody who is confused, though, um, we're talking about host. And uh, just to give you a breakdown of what host actually is, um, I'm going to give you a summary of the film now, if that's OK. Uh, so dealing with the troubles of the COVID-19 lockdown. I actually am going to be so scared to even listen to the summary. What? <laughs> I found this absolutely terrifying. Who's paying you to say this? No one's paying me. I think I'm a bit of a technophobe. I don't know. Jed Shepard, Rob Savage, Gemma Hurley. Have you been throwing Heather <laughs> some money out of the back of this? Anyway, dealing with the troubles of the COVID-19 lockdown, American in London, Haley has arranged to meet her friends through Zoom. Like many of us, however, the friend group have grown tired of the usual house party quizzes and assorted online amusements. To add some excitement to their get-together, they arranged to do a seance with the help of medium Salen, uh, who's up in Scotland, which was quite nice. It was yeah, quite nice of we Scottish Yeah, very cool to have a, a Scottish medium. The group of six friends are your average assortment of young professionals and recent graduates. As such, Haley takes great pains to urge them to take the call seriously. From the off, friends Caroline and Emma are visibly shaken by the concept of contacting the dead, while Radina, Teddy and Gemma seem set on belittling the medium and having fun above all else. As the call progresses, all manner of typical Zoom interruptions plague the call with frequent dropouts, animated dragon filters and animated backdrops becoming the norm. Seemingly more interested in his girlfriend Ginny, Teddy leaves the call and eventually Gemma grows so bored of the tame seance she attempts to inject some drama into the call by pretending there is a spirit clutching at her neck. At the peak of this excitement, Salen's call drops out and the girls are left grappling with the fallout of Gemma's prank. 
after a brief bathroom break, which was brilliant, wasn't it? That they built a bathroom break into the film, like... Fantastic. Such good pacing. The pacing like, was great. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, after a brief bathroom break, it's clear that Haley is upset with Gemma and possibly the rest of the group. Although some desire to leave the call, it's clear that emotions are running high and grievances must be aired. Before that can happen, however... Haley is thrown across the room by an unforeseen force. I actually meant to just say unseen. It's very much foreseen. It's very well foreshadowed, <laughs> actually. Uh, is thrown across the room by an unseen force. And soon all manner of impossible actions begin to take place, exacerbated by the limitations of the Zoom platform. In some genuinely visually impressive sequences, unforeseen forces manage to work their way into the physical realm and one by one kill the friends who disrespected the seance. Uh, I added some notes here just so that uh, we can cover up any kind of confusion, cover any confusion, uh, just in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. I have Caroline, mm-hmm. smashy face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have Redina and Alan, mm-hmm. such great heights. <laughs> Teddy and Ginny, floaty neck snap and barbecue. Yes. Okay, good, yeah. good, good, good. Uh, Emma, <laughs> let the body hit the picnic table. <laughs> good. And finally, Haley and Gemma, I have written Argle Blargle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because whenever I used to play those flash games online, flash games that have just got a sort of a sting, it's like, you know, find the missing tile. And it makes mm. you pay a lot of like really close attention to whatever it is you're looking at. And then suddenly there's this jump scare thing. Go, mm. I always imagine it going argle blargle. So I very much had that from this film that the the final conclusion, not to spoil it for anybody that maybe hasn't seen it or anybody who hasn't yeah, seen it, I but mean, is listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are jump scares, yes. It, it really are, does end they are, on just that they big are well old jump scare. But there's also lingering shots on things that we can't quite understand that are truly terrifying. And I think that's why this film is deep. Like, hmm. what I'll refer to first is the... Or what you'll well, refer to first. Am what I? What a flex. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you did miss something out. What did I miss? You missed out the fact that uh, Rodina yes. m- making up a spirit created a no, mask. Gemma. Gemma. Gemma, Gemma, Gemma. Making Gemma. up the spirit to sort of liven up the seance actually sent out like an open invitation to any kind of entity to... Oh, I didn't miss that out. I didn't miss that out. I'm you just, just... I'm post-structuralist. You just don't care about that. I'm leaving it open but for I think the viewers really important. I think that's really important. Nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, yes, it is made very clear in the film um, by Salem that that the, the reason these spirits are killing them is because because of Gemma's made-up thing. I tried, yeah. to, I tried to include that by including that Gemma did make... Make, mm. make that up well, but there was a wee yeah. bit of that when when we were watching it i felt like you made more sense of the film than i did okay and usually it's the other way around with us i'm usually you know very good at sort of getting the logic of a film together mm. but as we were watching the film you you turned to me and said isn't it funny ah uh, yeah you remember now yeah that they're all dying of head injuries yes. because that's what Gemma made up had happened to her when she said she was being visited by a dead friend, she said they were so nice. I burst open my head one time and they helped me. They were called Jack and they hung themselves. And everybody gets hurt 
by their head being hit. Hit. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't like that. Why not? I don't know. It just seemed a bit like Glip obvious or, or I something. Don't I don't know. It it made sense to me looking through some of the you know looking through the production list to know that. Um, Rob Savage was the guy that made strings. Had you, had you heard of strings? No. Oh, it was made. So it was made when I was still in undergrad, and he was seventeen when he made it. It's um, it's kind of like a um, it was in the same sort of ballpark as like that education film and an education. All right. Um, so it's like a like a going to university All right, film. Okay. Uh, but like wonderful bit of uh filmmaking that i think i think was made on a, a really really small budget so um but all i mean to say is that savage is not uh a horror director if that if that is a thing and i think it is i think it is a thing because um jed shepherd that worked on the film as well is is much more involved in the kind of horror scene is even trying to make a film with um sam raimi at the minute mm. So, you know, I think I think there are people that are in the horror scene and not in the horror scene. And, and I felt that the um, the effects in this film were absolutely fantastic. They were fantastic and they were set up by the actors themselves during lockdown. Yes, which, which is so impressive. So impressive. But at the same so time... people were taught how to do these effects like over Zoom, presumably. Did it not seem to you a wee bit by the numbers at some points? Um, in terms of how they all got killed in an order kind of thing. Yeah, there was there was something so nice about it. I, you know, I, I'm reminded of an amazing uh, scholar. No, I'm reminded of myself from a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Is there ever going to be another Friday the 13th? The movie just kind of comes out of nowhere and just sort of gets the job done, you know. Yeah, but... Without pretension. This, this, this... Um, wasn't as confusing to me as Friday the 13th. No, I suppose not. And Friday the 13th obviously was so indebted to um, Halloween. Yes. That it's hard to see. I mean, you could say that this is indebted to like paranormal activity or that kind of thing. Yes, a found found footage horror. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it's so novel in its use of Zoom. Yeah. And so that it I really think is, my... is because the shot that stayed with me. Mm. Now, I didn't know Zoom had this feature. I've used it a little bit, much less than you during lockdown. So mm. I count my blessings. But um, <laughs> the the part in the final act where um, one of the characters hears noises in her open plan living area and she goes in holding her camera out in front of her and at first we don't really know what we're looking at because it looks a bit like her face just digitally rendered floating in midair. Oh, the Harlequin mask floating in the air. But yes. it's the Harlequin yes. mask, which is just the default face that um, the filters would the filter render would yeah, would yeah, render yeah, yeah. on something. And it was doing face detection of a. And thing it was that we doing face see. detection of cool. something in this open plan space, hanging up in the air, that we could just see the digital mask the yeah. face, and that was and i didn't know what i was looking at at first i thought why is her face just up there what's happening but it actually realized it was this default digital filter that had picked up on something and mm. i thought that was fantastic because that yeah. that kind of like digital mask 
I think I've seen that only in context where it's used to be like very aesthetic and beautiful, like like a cyborg. So the kind of demonizing of that mask then. Yeah, so so, so the idea of being like quasi like cyborg or something and, huh. and and maybe having this like yeah you're going down a very interesting route with your reading of this film i'm really enjoying it. i, I, do, I, I, I wanna... don't know i guess it just it made it made the cyborg mm. terrifying yes. to me because the cyborg was being worn by well, something I, I, demonic I just let me break that down a wee so when you're saying cyborg the first thing that comes into my head then because of my uni background is um thinking about donna I haraway and i guess and what i mean then is I don't mean cyborg. But I'm, it makes I'm trying sense to say given like what you a, were saying earlier about how the technology seems to be, you know, the extensions of man type of thing. You know that. Well, m- well what I'm thinking Marlo of is like a McLuhan thing. a physical representation of what AI could look like. And huh. if we think about cyborgs from films, like if we think about um, Ex Machina. No, don't ever think of that film. That <laughs> and film's the way awful. that the the cyborg character oh, looks oh, in that. Oh, oh, Annihilation's quite good, but no, or oh, fuck, Annihilation, Shit. just the idea of this kind of like super like neophytic female bald thing. Uh-huh. It's like that face hanging in midair because it's actually detecting a demon. Like so, something that I've huh. only seen in the context of like the future's great. We're all gonna have our consciousness downloaded in these beautiful bald cyborg women like was it not just a clown mask to me it looked like a cyborg lady i did don't you know have glasses on i did have my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> no but i just i think that the idea of filters and that kind of thing like certainly the way that i personally mm. use them is to see this kind of like yeah. you know technological version of myself yeah um, but yeah, that was just so creepy to me to see that in the context of something yeah. that's, well, basically what's the demon It's something completely beyond your control. And it's like in horror, it's like a predator to us. That's really interesting. No, that, that so is really, really it's cool. It's like a predator I, waiting. I love where you're technology. going with this. I love the ideas that you're bringing into this. This whole like, uh, you know, the, the science fiction creatures, the machines are going to become demons. That's super, super interesting. Uh, yeah, but my my concern is this. Go on. So these are not necessarily horror folk making this film. Yeah. And it feels a little bit more it, to me. It felt it felt to me like it was missing the kind of meditative quality that horror has. That's that that the horror I like has. Okay. Now even something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which mm-hmm. scares the bollocks off of me, mm-hmm. uh, or Eyes of the Mother, which we keep mentioning on this show, and we will eventually have to rewatch. I don't know, man. I think it did have a meditative quality because the, right. the thing that gets mm. them in such hot water is the sarcasm of Gemma if she hadn't been so like millennial and sarcastic about it they wouldn't have invited no, a demon in what I, what I mean is just like there's so there are sort of like space there's just you know oh right meditative space li- literal so because it was all over zoom so yeah, you've more got a problem with the way it was filmed yeah I felt like there just wasn't maybe enough sort of scope it was maybe too tight people have really like congratulated it for being such a like lean it's only an hour or something 54 minutes 
Wow. Yeah, which like, you know, 14 minutes shorter and it wouldn't technically have been a film. Yeah. Um, it, Like, I don't know, for me, it was too lean. Um, right. But having said all of that, mm. again, why are you always right? You are always right. Mm. Um, the first 20 minutes, at least, of the film. Or just Haley hanging just out talking. in her room. Or just them chatting. Yeah. yeah, there's the whole bit of her. And she seems upset from the beginning of the film. She seems upset, yeah. Oh, no, this film is very good, actually, then. Right. But so I think it's so, I've got a couple of questions, so lean it allows you to put more into it. And that's what I'm looking for with horror. Exactly. So I think I think I'll need to watch it again, actually, just to just to sort of fill in those blanks for myself. Well, first of all, to find the blanks and then to start filling them in. But can I, think I just they say might one more thing? There. I think it's like you can say all the things, but I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. So the questions are going to be: Here's the first one, just to sort of softball it in for you. Okay. Did a character holding the phone or laptop ever just ruin it for you? Um. <laughs> It didn't gotcha. ruin it, but there was maybe one or two scenes where it was too I was contrived. like, "You wouldn't." Why are you holding you the phone? Why are you holding your laptop if Put you're your laptop that down. scared? <laughs> like, I don't know. A part of me thinks that they could have got away with it uh, a bit. Not, of course, they got away with it. It's a, it is a wonderful film. I'm just trying to find flaws where there aren't any. But you know. Well, I think mm. they could have got away with it even more smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of, um, I think her, I think her name is Emma in particular, the one that hides under the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in her case in particular, I think they could have got away with it um, if they had shown her reflection holding the laptop. Oh, like in a mirror. Like, but just holding it like a teddy bear, mm-hmm. you know, um, as, as in just to say that like abject horror has kicked in. Yeah. And these characters are holding these devices like they're safety blankets. They don't even care that the camera's on anymore. Oh, well, that's really interesting, actually, because I think that we don't need... The scene you suggest would have been a really good addition, but we don't need that because I think you can read that in it. Like, that, yes. that all of them are holding on to this connection. It's like what you said earlier. Hotter, and the, this object yeah. that actually offers nothing in ways of protection or comfort really these days we're all so connected to our technology that actually you might hold on to your laptop you might you might you might not even drop it when you're scared i remember I don't know. one morning um it might feel like a barrier or something i woke up on the south side of glasgow and i didn't know where my phone was mm. no 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 i um i was looking for my phone mm. and i saw it across the room mm. and i I had a, a feeling like a phantom limb mm. in my head. You're like, why is my hand over there? Genuinely. It yeah. felt that strange to me. Yeah. So, um, so I, yeah. I think that a way that you can overcome that is by like changing the cover frequently or something. Mm. And that's why I think it's so cool that they all have their like unique yeah. devices or I assume they do. One of my favorite little moments um like little touches in the film was um caroline uh smashy smashy face face yeah um, wow well that whole 
that was unreal. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, the Caroline's death is absolutely fantastic because can, can you explain that zoom thing just how it works like, i don't know how to do that so earlier in the film she shows all of her mates that she's got this animated background that's hilarious where she's basically filmed herself pretending that you know she's she's filmed herself very very naturally walking into the room with her phone and looking through her drawers so that kind of looks like if you're talking to her it would be very funny to see another version of her like a clone version of herself walk in behind her and start rummaging through her drawers and it is very very funny and like brushing her hair and stuff yeah, yeah 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 just being completely oblivious of the camera but that being set up so perfectly is one of those um your man's gone Chekhov's gone yeah. moments you're like as an audience member you're thinking how well you know if this isn't your first rodeo if this isn't mm. your first horror film you're thinking what is that going to be used to amplify oh no it's my first rodeo <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't think that at the time I, oh you did go on I didn't I just was like that is so interesting but I wasn't expecting to see it again I thought so, it was just like setting up how you know novel like zoom is and how it's changed everyone's experience the past few months they did do something which is one of my favorite things for filmmakers to do um in bruges is an incredible example of this where the film almost becomes palindromic Mm. um lindsay ellis Mm -hmm. uh, would call the setup and payoff Mm. Uh, but you know uh, the the most you can strive for is, is a palindrome um where basically everything that happens at the beginning of the film is also happens at the end of the film yeah. as well you know um so in in this film you have this animated background and then later in the film um caroline's call is dropped very abruptly yeah and the the friends aren't sure where she's gone um but then it seems like everything goes back to normal as the empty room is then suddenly filled with her walking and in the the friends start calling for her but think that her microphone must be off or her speakers must be off and that they simply just can't hear her. then piercing through this video well, they see her do the same motions as before and they yes. start to so actually it doesn't immediately happen you start to get the dread of yes. oh no that's not, that's not her. her that's the video and it's brilliant and then suddenly her messages start to appear and they're these garbled uh words and for a minute i thought that a demon was using her keyboard and just being a troll <laughs> uh or that they spoke in some kind of code language or something like my brain started going all, all, of, all over the place but then her face pierces through this pre-recorded background and you see that she's getting her face slammed off the the desk or the laptop itself several mm. times it was a genius genius and she's moment like help me kind of but you can still see the doppelganger her also like yeah. shimmering through i i, I like, actually don't know how they i don't i you, i could mm. sort of do it myself in after effects or something but i don't know specifically how they did it as well as they did it just getting those overlapping the uh, overlapping screens bits of footage to, yeah. to, to blur through one another they're really really excellently done um but yeah i think uh, you know going back to this idea of you know do people do, would it ever ruin it you know if i can imagine real cynics of this film saying you wouldn't bring your phone with you but i think what this film is actually speaking towards is that these days we are our phones you know yeah. not, not that that's all we are but you know they've just become an extension of us but also there's just something there's something in the idea of like both with the filter picking up on the thing and also her like 
um, default, like, um, decoy background of her walking around, mm. these things actually being masks for something horrible behind them. Like, so the Ooh. idea, like, because that was concealing what was happening yes. to her. So, so, so the idea so that that's you're another like, question your that I creative to yes, engagement absolutely. with absolutely. it can be Completely. hiding something behind it. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you. And I've already mentioned the Panopticon, but I did it as a bit of a joke. Um, so in a more serious vein then, you know, does this film say something about the nature of constant surveillance or constant performance in the 21st century? Yes. And I'm I, just going to like clink my margarita mix because rather than try avoid like drinking my ice drink i want it to be part of the podcast oh okay because you're trying to personalize this this is part of our personal brand this is part of my brand but also like i can't be bothered hiding it so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so does it say something about performance and social media era well i I suppose what i'm more thinking about is this this idea of surveillance capitalism uh by shoshana bushoff uh very very interesting book um but a, a, a more of just a concept very broadly of um they're just being ambient um surveillance surveillance and that yeah. we're always being viewed and that we're always being performed and that you know the the very act of watching is the basis of our economy these days you know well, the, the basis of our reality like, and there's something way. in the fact that this behavior during the seance over a private zoom mm. like you, you know you have to be in a waiting room to then enter it so it's a, a private like yeah online space although zoom um, famous for their their data leaks <laughs> uh-huh so i think that it it troubles the idea of a private online space mm. because what happens is Gemma's mockery of it invites a demon in and basically it's like there's a code of rules but they didn't have the full code of rules from Ceylon. They didn't know that there's no making fun because you could invite something in. So basically the lack of control in a public, in a online mm. private community that you think you have control in, there's something in that. Like the fact that there is a higher order of rules that you've maybe not read that will bite you on the ass. Yeah yeah so i guess just like the sort of um like like a like an unwritten are you so you're talking about kind like, of like an unwritten code of an unwritten code but also like you know unannounced algorithms that can ultimately shape your fate like that kind of thing Oh, wow. Okay, so you're so, saying, so, so basically the idea of there being a, um, pr- practices within a seance then are um, a metaphor, in a sense, for yeah. the um, the algorithms that shape our actions uh, and, yeah. and shape our identities and our And ultimately and our, our lack of awareness of that. Yes. Because Gemma, all of them are completely unaware that what Gemma does is fatal for all of them because right. they don't know this hidden rule in a sense this like hidden algorithm for what they're taking part in yes so what's that like if you know if we were just to sort of model that onto twitter or something you Mm. know there are i suppose there are things that you shouldn't do on twitter because you know when you do them i guess it's you know if you were on twitter to start retweeting alt-right tweets because it's a bit of a laugh 
you know, mm. it can actually have a huge impact you're on saying, your life. Well, that's you know? what yeah, happens. Yeah. So her sense of humor. Oh my God. Is, yeah. is misconstrued and, and used Ends up being as a mask for something else. So is this film actually about how you should not only troll? ever, yeah, <laughs> don't be a troll. <laughs> don't be a troll. Um, to make your friends laugh. I don't know. Oh, wow. But like, um, that recently but also um, your information is out there you're you're vulnerable so their addresses their homes so whatever it is they're taking part in is in an online space but in their physical home yes. they're all killed so the also the blooding of those spaces in terms yes. of your safety like it no it's not okay to say oh this zoom seance is whack i'm gonna log off and go to bed it is in the home too i think so that's there's what something you've in been that? getting at this whole conversation I know, i'm trying yes. to tease you, all out what you're saying is that the the real power of this film and the way that to answer our sort of broader overarching question you know how has this film succeeded in making 21st century technology frightening is that what it does is it materializes technology mm. it shows you that a zoom call is not just are you really chewing ice right now <laughs> that's going too far I just I started doing it and then I saw your face and I was like no no dog this is this <laughs> we have to materialize the digital right now and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that's going too far Uh oh I've um, invited a demon with yeah, my rudeness me um no it, it materializes you, the digital yeah absolutely so you know you you can feel like a zoom call or or a twitter account or a podcast is something that is immaterial but actually it's something that has um is is irremovable from your life you know it is something that is absolutely entangled and entwined with the reality of who you are yeah so yeah so just being on a zoom call can end your life I Can guess, it, exactly is, is the message of this film. there's no separation you know i think this is something that you and i have been feeling is missing in um techno horrors of yeah. the 21st century like um that film that we saw with um the comedian in it the big the big fat uh, tom segura uh he worked in it he well he's not the main character but he's the only guy i knew in it he was working in a mobile phone shop and at one point they've got this app on their phone and it counts down oh what was yeah. it just called countdown countdown i think yeah. it was called countdown that was a demon inside an app right? yes yes but <laughs> yeah. it was it and it, it it almost got there with the message yeah. but the thing with this film that's so cool is that like the the access something primordial mm. in a way that it has always been accessed it's just that technology facilitates that a bit yes it's not that it is literally inside zoom like the demon they're, they're not trying you know? to make zoom scary they're not trying to say that zoom is scary right i suppose they're trying to say what zoom does is actually it the allows stupidity to make... of people is scary Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I have a slightly different reading on it, though, which would be that the what, inauthenticity of people is skating. Uh, mm, yes, yeah, 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 no, that definitely as well. But just just before I forget, I I think what I was going to try and say was that what it is trying to say is that technology can make something that's already frightening 
more frightening. Way more frightening. Which is yes, 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 yes. What yes. we've kind of been missing. It, it's an amplifier. It's what the ring. Yeah. It's what the ring managed to do with VHS oh, yeah. tapes. Absolutely. And it but, it did it by making the pre-existing parts of a VHS tapes all scary. Or what am I trying to say? It did it by making the bits of VHS tapes that were already a bit weird and uncanny, like the static that would come from the end of a VHS yeah. tape. It's like. Whatever philosopher says, always already. Uh, loads of them. Is it? Um, well, Karen says it. Karen Barrett. Oh, it's Karen. But I'm thinking of the the whitehead Merlo Ponty or something. Oh, yeah, he yeah, says yeah. like we're always already. Yeah, yeah. Entwined or something like the technology we're using. Heidegger, I think, also that's novel to in us. Some translations. I guess is always already terrifying, but yes. we just don't know. We only know ambiently or subconsciously what's scary about it, I guess. Yes. And then something like this draws out that it, you know. Yes. The yes, kind yes. of fears. It's it's interesting actually. What you've got me thinking about more with this now is um, is German media theory and and techno cultural practices, um, which is I, I think very very interesting because I think that that is really where they're managing to get the the horror out of here. Is mm. they're they're almost using the same techniques as observational comedy in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, it, isn't it funny when you forget to take off the filter, mm. and yet they're managing to twist that somehow into being yeah. terrifying. And and what do you think about like the demon itself and the fact that it's this like you know, I, guy that killed himself? That's the like identity that it's taken. I actually I did like the demon because they succeeded in doing you know lesson number one of horror. You know they they didn't show you the demon mm. that you got these these glimpses of it, um, which was brilliant and. And this is how they succeeded in in making the demon truly terrifying was that, you know, they constantly played on everyone's most hated element of using Zoom, which is that the feckin' thing keeps dropping out. Yeah. Unless, as previously mentioned, you use a feckin' Ethernet cable. Could could people please start plugging their bloody computers into the Ethernet? Well, I feel like that woman that's hosting a seance on zoom Salem. Salem. she should have had an ethernet cable are you Plug your bloody machine in um, for god's sake and it's not yeah. it, that actually really bothers me how have we gone from everybody having their computers plugged in when it was the 90s and because it's the people from the 90s that aren't doing this you know mm. so from people going from having the dial-up cable mm. jammed in the back of their machines to suddenly having broadband mm. and then and then they think somehow it's magic Mm-hmm. so anyway that's ooh, my own event over also like there's maybe something in like the things that people will do when they're bored being skatey like yes. we always or i'm always like coming into contact with these like articles talking about how we never get time to be bored and it's so good for you and it's so good for creativity but then these people are well this unique situation everyone's in in 2020 is this like forced boredom right so it's, it's boredom without a choice to go and be bored and be creative it's just this eternal boredom which has you know driven people to decide to hold a seance and that kind of like mm. that kind of like eternal boredom also being like being yeah see i i don't know for me all of the things that they're doing are are fine within the context of the film. It really, it really no, no, is I think the Zoom they're fine thing too. that 
it is the zoom thing that makes it frightening and that and that is such a, a rare thing that they've managed to pull off in this in this film to make the technology really the crux of the horror is brilliant sure yeah i guess what i'm trying to say i suppose is like without any purpose or place to be um yeah they have this yeah 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 they they, they, know, they try like, to make this thing for themselves yeah no i, I, I do i totally get that but um th- there was one more question that i wanted to get into and i think it's one that you'll enjoy um and it's kind of tied in with the idea of, of sympathy for the characters because i'm i think i quite like horror films where look, in this film everyone dies and it's brilliant um but i quite like horror films where almost everyone or everyone dies and, mm-hmm. and and it becomes quite catharsis, uh, cathartic just to sort of see the characters get picked off one by one. Mm. Um, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre until the end, you're kind of going, mm. hooray, like, <gasps> you know, le- Leatherface rules, you know. Um, yeah. But um, tied in with that idea, um, all of the characters are, um, well, all of the characters are, we could say, European apart from Haley, but mm. the majority of the characters are British um, mm. apart from Haley, and i was wondering just you know we discussed british colonialism last week like is this film um succeeding in like drawing up tensions between uh british and american people or you know um like a- as a scottish and a northern irish viewer viewing the film hearing those mm. london accents like i kind of wanted them to you know yeah. meet their demise um you know only in a fun way only in a fun way um but like i suppose like wealth definitely enters the picture if we think about tommy timmy whatever the friend of theirs that joins the call last and then leaves he's sort of like teddy and dated, yeah. dated up and is staying in this big like mansion cottage core house yeah. with the pool so like at the very start we are thinking about money thinking about resources and how all lockdowns aren't equal some yes. people have got a cocktail in hand at the pool some are staying in their childhood bedroom with their dad downstairs yes. so i'm not really sure what to say about like the british american thing but in terms of the well what about the, that moment the, in the film remember we really liked it where um the um the american is goading them on you know the american says you know we have to keep going with this with that mm. that sort of typical american horror film tomb of you know we we need to keep going or whatever it is she says mm. only for one of the british characters to immediately say no you psycho or like <laughs> she just goes no 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 like yeah. <laughs> of course we're not going to keep going with this that's yeah. insane um you know so so that tension i thought worked really well yeah having the kind of more common sense dry droll british characters oh yeah clashing against a more american sensibility yeah um i think that worked really well i think all the characters were really well written like superbly performed but i don't know if i have anything deeper yeah. to say about it other than it was just amusing to something see something does niggle me about Haley being american not not that I, th- I think it was a really clever choice but i think there's something deep there that i just haven't yeah quite well she was to... the one that set the whole thing up yes yes so i guess you could maybe a push be like that's america dragon britain into the shit yeah. like <laughs> but britain is also willingly following even though it's like it's a bad idea 
mm, oh yeah, chlor- chlorinated chicken. Yes. <laughs> mm, just send it over. Our economy's dead. Like, like um, I don't know. Like yeah, Britain, yeah, Britain like being that. like aware that it's a bad idea to be Americanized, but at the same time still having really no other options going along with America because yeah. that's its only mate. I think. I don't know. Britain's only mate. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. Final question that I have. Um, well, I don't know. I, there's a, I think one thing I would say before I ask this final question is that what has come up in my mind mm. with this discussion with you is that there's a lot more to be said. We have hardly said anything. I think we're only scratching the I wanted to talk about It Follows and how like I haven't felt this exhilarated by a film mm. since It Follows. God, It Follows is wonderful. And I think that's because of how it's filmed. Like, yeah. I don't think that it's... So for you, this is this is a great piece of filmmaking. Be- I do, because yeah. of the novelty because, of it. Yeah, and I, I don't find it cringe. And I think there are so many ways it could have been cringe. Well, that's my final question. Is, is it cringe? Is this going to age well? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I actually think so because... Um, because because the rings aged well you know we don't watch vhs anymore but that's still a terrifying piece of cinema i think that the Mm. technology is like an element but the i suppose the bit about it is that i'm that so i think this it will age well because i think as soon as we introduce wi-fi 6 um which i don't think anybody's gonna know about what i'm talking about but but when we do a dropout there won't be dropouts Aye. either from Wi-Fi six or from five G. You know, but we're going to have much much fewer dropouts and calls. But I think the thing is that that's actually going to make the film age really, really well because just like what you're saying with the VHS and the yeah. ring, when kids watch this in the future, they're going to be going, "Oh my god, did did calls used to do that? Yeah, that's so weird." One of the really good bits is at the beginning of the film when Gemma and Haley are talking, and Haley talks. And does not care that her signal is 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 bullshit. Mm, just she's, like, keeps she's talking she's and walking about, in and out, and and walking around. And I'll be honest, I've never, I have, I have never in my life <laughs> um, had a Zoom call with a very self assured person. I was going to say had a Zoom call with a Londoner, but I don't know. Um, Wait, Haley's the American though. No, Do you mean Gemma? Gemma's the one who's talking yeah. very confidently. Sorry if I messed up the names there. Um, you know, I think it's the there's a self assuredness to her mm. character that to me is something that I have really only seen in London. Mm. It's the only place I've been in the world with self confidence. Um, there's no, there, there's a, a dire mm. shortage of self confidence in in and around Belfast. Mm. Uh, we have far more sheep, mm-hmm. uh, few, fewer self conscious confidence i can't even say it nobody's um, nobody's self-conscious well who knows <laughs> we're sheep confident um <laughs> but you know the 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 confidence to just keep bowling on with that phone call yes. even though it's chopping in and out to me that was terrifying that was giving me anxiety because i was right. like would you just wait for it to buffer please because i hate this choppy audio I actually really empathized with Haley in that moment because when Gemma then goes inside and gets the feedback loop going mm. between her phone, her laptop mm. and, and Haley, and she's laughing about it and thinks it's really, really funny. And Haley's like, make it stop. I, I was like, oh my God, make it stop. Mm. Like, 
this feedback loop is only going to get louder until it eventually crashes your audio driver. Like, you need to turn this off right now. And then you need to sell your phone because you don't deserve technology. You know what? Like, I think that there's definitely something in, like, the fear of how distracted we are. Right. Just the way you're talking about the fact that she's walking down the street talking and is has terrible connection and it's then getting her keys out and opening the door and then continues into her laptop. Like, you know, it's all done with a very, like, scattered mm. attention. And that's something that, with that scattered attention... There's not depth of attention in, in one thing. They're in the Zoom call, but they're also being told to be aware of their environment, look out for signs by sailing. So just the fracturing of attention is terrifying because like you said, yeah. they're also focused on holding on to their laptop or phone or whatever yeah. at the same time as and protecting themselves. I don't think that's themselves. a theme that's leaving us anytime soon. I think no, that'll continue to age not. well. Exactly, exactly. That'll make this a bit timeless. And it's not to say that... My like, concern is yeah. this. yeah. I think the technology part is going to age really, really well. Mm. But one of the things that is absolutely crucial to this film is COVID-19. Yeah. So are people going to understand in the future that there was this moment in time where human beings only socialized through um, voice over IP, you know? And when you say in the future, are you talking like... Post-vaccine, if it happens. Yes, yeah, I thought you meant like 500 years from now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're going to... Oh, you think there's going to be humans in 500 years? <laughs> Will the aliens understand this film? I absolutely think people are going to understand. I think that it's nonsense that there's going to be a vaccine in like six months or whatever. So I think this film, whether or not this film this ages is gonna well, depends on... Uh, be relevant on for a couple of years at least. Yeah. Like... And, precisely you know, relevant and what what that in that case that's what any film can do yeah because other films have technology in them yeah so oh. i think what you were saying about the film not feeling cringe the, was really important like it didn't feel cringe i think you're right it didn't feel cringe i want it to feel cringe i want to be above this I film but i'm not so sure excited I to watch a cringy film and it scared the bejesus out of me and really impressed me. I didn't want to like it. Oh, I wow. really like it. Very interesting as well. I am haunted. Very interesting that sh this this is one of Shudder's first. Um, not you know, this is um, Shudder are not that comfortable mm. yet uh, financing films. They've done some wonderful films. Uh, I think Blood Machines was a, a Shudder finance film, which we need to talk about as well. But um, It's just there's really so much mediocre what... stuff out there. Yeah. It's so nice to see something that isn't that. I'm not awesome. saying that it's, you know... A masterpiece. A masterpiece. But it might be. But it's not mediocre. Like, And... Um, there was something I also wanted to say. I'm I'm not the best. Oh. I'm not the worst either. <laughs> I ain't saying that I'm the best, but I ain't the worst. Yeah. Well, I think it is saying it's the best for now, at least. Excellent. All right. So um, we were going to talk about Ghostwatch this week. That's what we had said um, in code kind of at the end of the last episode. But unfortunately, the person that was going to do that with us was sick. So we might do Ghostwatch next week. Um, but we might do something else instead. Um, I think we should do Twilight next week. 
go give it a throwback <laughs> and, and talk about twilight just have a laugh at how awful it is and really maybe just do like a vampire special or something i don't know cool. talk about bram cool, stoker cool, cool. or something um if oh, anybody oh, oh we could do bram stoker verse twilight like a love it love it talk f- about a fight to the death of the two actually i i demand Anne rice versus twilight have you not seen oh, you don't even know who Lestat mm. is have you not seen no. interview with a vampire Oh no, I really want to see it though. So good. Okay, next week. Okay, I'm going to get my cringe. So good. Um, Look, if anybody is listening, you know, thank you so much for making it this far. It really does, you know, it means a lot to me. Doesn't mean anything to Heather. Um, but you know, we're going to keep doing these podcasts. Um, we've had some great uptake on, on Twitter and other places, and we're going to keep expanding, getting to more platforms as we go. We're on YouTube now and also on iTunes, but I've been told that really the place to be is Spotify. So we're going to keep trying to grow and expand. And Oh, I hate Spotify. We hate Spotify. <laughs> um, and there's Heather with her usual mark of, of, of positivity. Um, but you know, for anybody who is listening, thank you so much. And, uh, hopefully you'll check Tune in next week as well. Tune in. How old am I? I you'll, know. Uh, Hopefully you'll asynchronously listen to our content. On your um, e- Elon Musk neural implant. Have a nice <laughs> week. Bye. Bye. Bye.